Section 1 of the Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. Section 1 The Glory of the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. Moses. Deuteronomy 6, 4-9 It is related that a certain scribe asked of Jesus, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Mark twelve twenty nine to 31 The Great Commandment The first and greatest commandment, that of love, is recorded alike by Moses and Jesus. But how shall it be obeyed? Love is attraction. It cannot be forced or commanded. It must be drawn forth by the lovable. The will may direct love's attention toward an object but can never compel its action. The desirability of the object, the longing for nearness and union with it, these are the inspirers of love. How can man love God, the infinite, whom no one hath seen? No man can comprehend God or know him as he is. How can his whole being, heart, soul, mind, and strength be devoted to the love of the unknown, the unseen? With all his striving and searching, man cannot find out God. He can manufacture a God of his imagination, a creature of his superstition, usually a magnified reflection of himself, possessing both his good and bad qualities. But the gods of man's making are not worth his love and devotion. How then shall he obey the great commandment? Although some knowledge of the beloved is necessary for love, does the keeping of the commandment require us to know him as he is in his essence, his pre-existence, in order to love him? Man loves many things, but knows not the essence of anything. At the most, he perceives only some of the desirable qualities manifested, and he loves either the qualities or, because of them, their unknown essences. If it be some precious jewel, he admires the brilliancy, luster, hardness, 
beauty of the gem, its revealed qualities. If it be a flower, it is the freshness, the forms of petals and stamens, the colors, harmony and fragrance which attract him. Or, if a human being, the human qualities, strength, knowledge, power and ability, or weakness, sweetness, delicacy, refinement and grace, draw forth his love. Yet in no case does he comprehend the reality which is hidden beneath these evident and attractive displays. They are veils of beauty, hiding their parent essence, while revealing some of its attributes. If we cannot penetrate through the yellowness, density, and qualities of a piece of gold to know what gold is, how shall we expect to sound the depths of firmaments, the magnitudes of space, or mysteries of littleness, to find out God and know what God is? The commands of the Almighty are not set forth in vain. Although man cannot lift himself above himself to the heavens of knowledge of the Infinite One, God can reveal to him that information of his beauty which shall cause him to be in man's sight the one altogether lovely. He who has placed in us the power to perceive qualities and values discloses enough of his lovable characteristics to draw to himself all the love of our beings. In every atom he unfolds his attributes, in sun, star, and moon, in dawn, sunset, and night, in storm and shine, in crystal, flower, and animal, and above all in man, the microcosm, the index of existence. The whole apparent universe is a great creational book, a concourse of mirrors displaying his qualities. All mankind attempts to read this book, but what each finds depends on his point of view, which has been formed by previous training and environment. Even in reading a printed book, in listening to music, or in viewing a work of art, no two persons see alike. Their perceptions are according to their education. So with the book of creation. The ignorant see only the powers manifested in nature, and cringe before them, while the more advanced in knowledge appreciate order, beauty, wisdom, and other delightful values therein. In the spiritual childhood of man, he stands in wonder and awe before that book, staring at its pages, unable to interpret them aright, until he has learned how to read. Each step of life is the result of education. In the alphabet of living, man learns that all existence is subject to law. The universe displays order and harmony in every part. The suns and planets, each element and organization, in the mineral, vegetable, and animal worlds, all are governed by inflexible law. Nothing is exempt. Therefore, law is universal and expresses itself in various definite, reliable actions, severally called laws, such as those of attraction, vibration, inertia, construction, as in crystal, plant, and animal, laws of cycles, of ascent and descent, summer and winter, life and death, centripetal and centrifugal laws, etc. This one great law of the universe keeps everything in its place. It binds the particles of rock together. It causes things to fall toward the earth's center instead of flying off into space. It holds the suns, moons, and planets perfectly in their orbits. 
it causes like to seek like and it produces harmony among all material things so that each fulfills its purpose in existence whatever we may call it cohesion gravitation motion or force it is in reality the law of love it is co-eternal with existence it is the immanence of god the expression of the creator in creation if this love of god is so manifest in the kingdoms of matter how much more must it be toward his higher creature man the very lowest and most ignorant of men is far higher in the scale of existence than minerals vegetables or animals if god so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you o ye of little faith god is love always was love always will be love he has always loved man we cannot conceive of any time that god's love has not been shown to him all nature says to man god so loves you that he has made me to serve you and to provide for your needs lo here i am do with me as you will food and drink clothing and shelter flowers and colors beauty order variety harmony and unity all things for the welfare and delight of man if the generous father so provides for material and mental needs how much more must his providence care for the spiritual necessities all things are related to other things in a fixed manner nothing is independent or self-subsistent but all are under the overruling law which expresses itself in each according to its needs and for its highest development even the laws of decay and disintegration are for an evolution to higher uses as the rock must be ground to dust before its nobler values may appear in the rose and grape man sees these laws of physical life working and expressing in all below and around him even in his own body and mind he also perceives that knowledge enables him to grow in wisdom and power as the government of each kingdom is such that it promotes its best condition so must there not be laws for man which shall direct him to his highest possible destiny the same divine wisdom which cares for the lily and the grass of the field to bring them to their fullness of use and beauty must surely provide for the exaltation of humanity to its perfection and this is above and beyond the realm of ordinary human faculties there is a marked and vital difference between man and the kingdoms below him they are sinless knowing neither right nor wrong unconsciously living the laws of their existence which are expressed in them not to them these laws are expressed also in man and to him because he is the only being who has the power to oppose nature and to select among her laws which he will serve man is endowed with godlike qualities powers of discrimination and judgment perceptions of values of worth and unworth and a free will to decide between them he has eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and can choose either as he will these superior faculties make him an intelligent choosing responsible creature responsible to himself for his attainment or loss therefore the generous loving lawmaker offers to him a clear knowledge of the laws of progress towards his greatest good 
in order that man may perceive learn obey and become as it were a conscious partner with him in the attainment of a life eternal a nearness and intimacy with the divine wisdom and love which shall exalt him into the heavenly condition of oneness with god man is said to be the greatest representative of god and he is the book of creation because all the mysteries of being exist in him if he comes under the shadows of the true educator and is highly trained he becomes the essence of essences the light of lights the spirit of spirits he becomes the center of the divine appearances the source of spiritual qualities the rising place of heavenly lights and the receptacle of divine inspirations abdul baha some answered questions page 273 the great law which enables man to understand the way of life and to walk therein is the revealed word or expression on the human plane of the will of god for the welfare of man it is the book of books the law of laws which reveals to man the hidden facts of being and teaches him how to know and love god and also how to understand the lessons printed on the pages of the universe it appeals to his heart is studied and interpreted there because it is expressed in terms of life it comes forth from the arcana of the heavens as the highest manifestation of truth the greatest message to promote the advancement and happiness of man to guide and light him in the right path it is the word of god end of section 1 Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Recorded in London, England.